Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come quickly, come soon. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning as we gather together to worship our Savior, born in Bethlehem, crucified at Calvary, ascended into heaven and returning quickly. Come Lord Jesus, come quickly, come soon. This morning, our order of service is uh, our first song that we're going to sing today is God with us. After that, we're going to do a responsive reading of Psalm. So let's sing together our first song. beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our psalmody is Psalm 85. We're going to read it responsively by half verse. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You withdrew all your wrath. Restore us again, O God of our salvation. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you not revive us again? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Faithfulness springs up from the ground. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. Righteousness will go before him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We sing together our next song.
33rd Sunday in Advent, our Old Testament reading is written in Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill may be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Jesus is alive, conquering death in the grave for you and me. Our text from our gospel reading, Jesus says, then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. These are the words of our text. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. John the Baptist leaps for joy. 
Can you picture John leaping for joy? This is not an image we often associate with John the Baptist. We picture him standing in the water of the Jordan River, baptizing, forgiving sins. We picture John dressed in camel hair clothing, eating wild honey and locusts. A wide-eyed, wild sort of man like Elijah, the prophet of the Old Testament, calling the religious leaders a brood of vipers, calling people to repent of their sin, pointing to Jesus and saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But leaping? Leaping for joy? Picture that. Picture that inside of his mother's womb because that is where John the Baptist first leaps for joy. In the womb, before birth, the baby John is aware of the baby Jesus just conceived in Mary's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit And in the womb, John leaps for joy. John's mom, Elizabeth, under the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit, says this to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Who is this womb-leaping, joy-filled baby? John, the one foretold by the prophet Malachi. Behold, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me, says the Lord Almighty. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. Who is this womb leaper? John is the one foretold by the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. John the Baptist is the prophet who prepares the way for Jesus. The first named prophet of God in the Old Testament is Abraham. Abraham and all of the Old Testament prophets looked forward to the fulfillment of the promise given to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And they told how God will fulfill his promise and send a savior, a redeemer, who would crush the devil, destroy death, bring life and immortality to light, Pay the wages of sin and forgive the sinner. And the last and the greatest of these Old Testament prophets is John the Baptist. John is the prophet who bridges the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament fulfillment of the promises. John the Baptist is the one who prepares the way for the Lord Jesus. He is the womb leaper, the joy-filled prophet of God. And Jesus says of womb-leaping, joy-filled John, what did you go out in the desert to see? 
a reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way before you. John the Baptist is the one who prepares the way for the one, the one who is the Lamb of God, the one who is born of Virgin Mary Mother, the one who is Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is baptized by John in the Jordan River, the one who fulfills all righteousness so that you are righteous before God, the one who pleases God the Father so that you are pleasing to God, the one who gives his life as a ransom for sinners so that you are forgiven, the one who sheds his blood so that you are washed clean from the sins that condemn you. The one who rises from the dead, so you will rise from the dead and live forever. John the Baptist prepares the way for this one. And how does John prepare the way for Jesus? How does John prepare people's hearts? He does it by preaching the word of God. John's message is not a soft message. John does not preach to suit men's tastes, but to fit men's needs, the essential need of body and soul. That is the need for repentance and the forgiveness of sins. This is the greatest need we have. And so, first of all, John preaches a straightforward message of the law of God. He confronts sin straight on. He confronts the evil and hell-bound heart that we are all born with. The heart of rebellion that is passed down from one generation to the next generation. The heart that is inclined to evil all of the time. The heart that will not believe God's word the heart that wants to earn a place in God's kingdom, the heart that says one thing and does another, that heart that wants everything its own way and doesn't care about others. John isn't trying to win friends and influence people with his preaching. He is turning men's hearts from unbelief to faith in Jesus. And so he cries out, "'You brood of vipers!' You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John's goal was to bring people to see their lost condition before God, their separation from God, and the wrath of God that waits for the last day. John's preaching was fearless. His words are intended to cut to your heart so that people cry out, how can I be saved? And in this way, John was an instrument of the Holy Spirit 
And the Holy Spirit still works today in you and me. He leads people to see their sins and to cry out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God is merciful to sinners. That was the second part of John's message. John didn't just preach a message of law. His message didn't end just with the wrath and condemnation of God. No, John told people also of the forgiveness of sins. He preached a message of salvation. He baptized people in the Jordan River for the forgiveness of all of their sins. John had deep and personal insight into the person and work of Jesus, the Messiah and the Savior of the world. One day, John said this about Jesus. I baptize with water, but among you one stands that you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am unworthy to untie. He is talking about the one who caused John to leap for joy in his mother's womb. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Mary, the son of God. And John said of Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John pointed anxious minds and fearful hearts to Jesus, who is the King of grace. Jesus, who is the holy sacrifice for the sins of the entire world. Jesus, who pardons sinners and gives abundant life, eternal life, and who gives a peace that this world cannot give. The way to escape the coming judgment of God is to believe on the Lord Jesus, the God-appointed Savior of the world. And when John baptizes Jesus in the Jordan River, the Father from heaven speaks, and he says of Jesus, This is my beloved Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So John's preaching brought forgiveness, life, and salvation to people. And by the Spirit's power, hearts were turned from sin to the Savior, from anxiety and fear to faith in Jesus and to the joy of salvation. Freedom from the love of self to the love of God. Turned people from hell to heaven, from death to life, from works to grace, from unbelief to Jesus. And in this way, John prepared the hearts of the people for the coming of Jesus. And this is still the work of the Holy Spirit today. And it is also the work of the Holy Christian Church. Imagine, just imagine if our only message was the wrath of God. Imagine the church without Christ and the forgiveness of sins, and holy baptism, and the Lord's Supper. Imagine if all we could do was talk about our sin, expose sin, but offer no healing, no salvation from sin. What kind of worship would that be? How different would God's house be if there was no gospel? We would leave here every Sunday, and our hearts would be terror-stricken, before God. But there is more than the law for the church to speak. There is the cross, the blessed cross of Jesus our Savior, the sin-atoning cross, where Jesus was sacrificed for you and me. 
Look at all of the crosses in the sanctuary. Everywhere, a cross to remind you and me that in Jesus and in him alone, our sins are forgiven and we are reconciled with God. In Jesus, there is for you and me new birth in the waters of holy baptism. There is a dying to sin and a rising to Christ. There is freedom from slavery to Satan. The cross of Jesus is God's answer to our deepest need. The cross and Jesus are our only hope when this life comes to an end. The Holy Spirit used the good news of Jesus, his birth, his life, his cross, his empty tomb, to give you saving faith. He worked repentance in you, just like he did in the people of John's day during Jesus' earthly ministry. For repentance is more than just seeing your sin. Repentance is also believing in Jesus who forgives all of your sin. Repentance is saying, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ who forgives my sins and gives me eternal life by grace, by grace free and boundless. Oh, how blessed are you who believe on the Lord Jesus. For without faith and trust in Jesus, life is meaningless, empty, and wasted. Life without the love of Jesus is lonely. Life without the comfort of Jesus' presence is filled with despair. Life without hope in the resurrection of the dead is a vain show followed by eternal woe. This is what Jesus has saved you from. He has saved you from a purposeless, meaningless, joyless life. And he gives you a life that is filled with purpose and meaning and joy. Even today, John's preaching is filling our hearts with joy. Even today, his message is preparing you and me for the coming of the Lord, preparing us to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but more importantly, preparing you and me for the return of Christ. John shows us our sin, but he doesn't stop there. He keeps going and shows us our Savior. And day after day, the Holy Spirit is at work, working repentance in you and me. And he uses John's preaching to lead us to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and to lead us to confess, I believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So that our entire life as God's people is one of repentance. And in this way, you are prepared for the return of Jesus. And be of good cheer. His coming is nearer now than when this message began. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Come soon. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us.
Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We sing together the benediction song.